0: Hello, This is Patrick Ridgell with Transamerica, and once again, I'm here with Transamerica Asset Management Chief Investment Officer, Tom Wall. Tom, good to have you with us here today.
1: Thank you, Patrick. Nice to be here.
0: So let's jump right in on the topic, I guess you could say, that everyone is talking about. Let's talk about GameStop.
1: Sure. I guess when a stock moves more than 500% in three days, I guess a lot of people are going to be talking about it. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, and when it moves... Uh, Five hundred percent not based on its business fundamentals. I guess people are gonna be talking about it even more.
0: Yes. And you've just written a new piece. It's called GameStop, The Reddit Rebellion and What Investors Need to Know. That's right. And and I just read it. And it's it's quite informative, has a very educational section on exactly what short squeezes are and what causes them. But you know, but I think most importantly really kind of lays out what happened with GameStop and other stocks like it and i guess most importantly what it all means for the broader markets. Thank you. It, yeah, and i was particularly struck by this sentence, so i'm going to read it. It's difficult to look at this complete scenario as anything different than a lose-lose outcome for all involved.
1: Uh yes, and i think that's really important to stress here. A lot of people are hailing this whole strange and bizarre occurrence as some kind of, you know, great revolution of a new generation of investors sticking it to those in power. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's, it's really not, not that simple. And as I see it, it's, it's not going to end well for anyone. And mm-hmm. right now, as we speak, it's not ending well for anyone directly involved.
0: Yeah. I mean, your paper talks a little bit about how it all happened. You know, what, what caused this strange and bizarre occurrence, as you put it?
1: Uh, Yes. And and just to take a step back, Uh you had hedge funds and perhaps some other large institutions massively short selling a handful of stocks with questionable fundamentals. GameStop, uh, of course, is one of them. And and they shorted some of them to the point where more than 100% of the total shares of the company were in short open interest. So, so just to put that in practical terms, the hedge funds and whoever else might have been short GameStop and some of the other target companies would eventually have had to cover more than one hundred percent of the company's outstanding shares to mm. get out of that short position. That, that means mm. they were going to have to cover some of those shares twice. That's unbelievable. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can clearly say at least some of the hedge funds, you know, were courting disaster. Uh, no <laughs> question about
0: it. <laughs> and, and as you write in the paper, and I'm going to I'm going to read this too. In the blink of an eye, a virtual army of millennial investors organized on social media to take on some of the world's most prominent and successful hedge funds effected a short squeeze for the ages.
1: Uh y- Yes, they did. So so the estimates are there were between four and six million investors. And I'm throwing air quotes up with that uh, word, uh, investors, because this really was a lot more about trading in my opinion than it was about investing but okay. at, at least a couple to a few million mostly millennial age type investors uh and traders were gathering in a chat room called wall street bets on the social mm-hmm. media site reddit hence the reddit rebellion mm-hmm. and, and to their credit were able to identify these heavily shorted stocks uh which was not just GameStop, but you know others like the uh Head funds company Cost Corp and the clothing company express and uh, mm-hmm. uh AMC a m c entertainment was another one so out of this chat room, this multi million person attended chat room on reddit came the identification of these heavily hedge fund shorted stocks uh-huh. so somebody on there was was definitely doing their homework
0: yeah i I, I guess so yeah uh
1: th- then then came the buying. Again, this, uh, at least a few million or so, uh, traders and investors, uh, meaning the volumes were big. And in some cases, they also, uh, had big positions in the options of those companies, which effectively mm-hmm. forced the market makers to buy the stocks as a hedge. And so there were iterative effects here as well.
0: And the squeeze was on. Uh yes it was. So and tell us again for for the benefit of those listening maybe not as familiar with short selling precisely what is a short squeeze?
1: Uh yes Patrick and, and that's an important point here because that term has been batted around a lot these past couple of weeks and to be mm-hmm. honest I'm not so sure everybody on TV or in cyberspace uh talking about short squeezes really knows exactly what they are. So mm-hmm. taking a step back uh, short selling is, of course, the investment strategy of making money on a declining stock price. That investor, uh, and in this case, that was hedge funds, uh, they have to borrow the shares uh, and sell them in the market based on their judgment that the stock will fall. And when they purchase those shares at some point in the future and at a lower price, presumably, uh, they then return it to those they borrowed the shares from. And then they can pocket the difference between where they originally sold it and where they later bought it. Okay. And, and, and just to clarify the terminology, that act of closing out the short sale with a purchase is referred to as covering the short or short covering. Okay. So short selling is a bit counterintuitive. You sell first and you buy second. Okay. Got it. Uh, and, and it carries short selling carries a completely different and far wider-ranging set of risks than your traditional long-only investors who are just buying stocks, owning them, and selling them at some point in the future.
0: Okay, and those risks are?
1: Well, first I mentioned they have to borrow the shares, so there's leverage involved, and uh-huh. the short selling has to result in profits higher than the interest costs. Sure. Uh Second, and most importantly... While a long only investor can only lose at most what they have invested in any given stock, a short seller faces at least the hypothetical risk of infinite losses as stocks can keep rising indefinitely. Hmm. So there's no limit on the potential losses you could incur.
0: Hmm. That's a little scary.
1: Uh, yes, it is. And finally, when a long only investor incurs losses on a stock, that stock declines in dollar mm-hmm. terms, hence self-reducing its future risk. Uh, okay. When a short seller loses money, the opposite occurs. The position rises in dollar terms and therefore increases in risk.
0: Okay, so, so let's talk more about that last one for a minute.
1: Sure, because that one does play a big role in the short squeeze. Okay. Uh, let's say you're a regular investor and you put $10,000 in one stock. And let's say it falls 50%, you know, bad thing, of course, you feel mm-hmm. awful about it, uh, as most people would. And that $10,000 is now only $5,000. But okay. if you keep owning that stock and it drops another 50%, uh, you lose half the value. But in this case, that loss is now an additional $2,500. So at least you're losing less money. Per percentage decline in the stock, which is a mm-hmm. key risk premise of traditional long only investing you're losing less money as you're losing money if that makes any sense it does uh, so let's now compare this to what short sellers have to deal with okay let let's start with that same ten thousand uh, dollars only you are short a stock and it rises fifty percent and remember most stocks do go up over time. So you've lost $5,000, but that short position, unlike our example a minute ago, does not decline in terms of your capital at risk. It rises. It rises to $15,000, not as a gain, but in terms of your investment and capital at risk. And if it rises another 50%, meaning you're losing another 50% on your investment, your dollar loss is then Mm $7,500, a big difference from the $2,500. We just mentioned a moment ago, uh, for a traditional long only investment.
0: So when a short position is working against someone,
1: they uh, might feel like they can't get out fast enough. Okay. Uh, hence the term squeezed. You're getting squeezed by a rising stock price. Your losses are increasing the more the stock is going up and there's no limit on what you could lose.
0: Uh, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare.
1: It is. And as, uh, <laughs> And as the market catches wind of a short squeeze, uh, there can also be a pile-on effect. And the short seller uh, just might wind up paying really exorbitant prices simply to cut losses and get out. Uh, their mm-hmm. own short covering is driving the stock higher as they're getting out. And that's your GameStop. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's unusual here is this uh, Reddit army of investors, so to speak, uh, who knew the hedge funds, uh, and, and one hedge fund in particular, uh, that had a big short, uh, big short position on game stock. And by buying the stock en masse, they created this squeeze and the hedge fund or funds in this case then had to cover most or all of those shares they had shorted, essentially becoming their own worst enemy, hmm. pushing the stock price higher and their losses higher too. And in a nutshell, that is how GameStop went from $61 per share to more than $400 in about three days.
0: So so why haven't we seen something like this before?
1: Uh, great question. Uh, we have. Uh, short squeezes have been going on for a long time. But it's the speed and the magnitude mm-hmm. of this short squeeze on GameStop uh, and some uh, of these other Reddit rebellion stocks that's so incredible.
0: So what's causing that?
1: A, a perfect storm, in my opinion. A compilation unlike anything in history coming together as never before. Battleships uh-huh. passing in the night and all of them blasting away at one sort
0: <laughs> That's
1: that's quite an analogy. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, it, and it all started with those huge short positions taken by the hedge funds. Uh, I mentioned a moment ago, that was your first lightning in the perfect storm. Uh, without that, you know, pretty much nothing could have happened, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, then you have this generation of younger investors we just talked about organizing on social media, Reddit in this case. So you have exponentially rising trading power uh coming from this group Uh more and more each day as more people join this chat room. Uh, which was called Wall Street Bets. It it's mm-hmm. almost like a science fiction type effect, you know, like the 1950s movie The Blob. Uh the base of traders just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Then it gets channeled in the direction of only a few stocks. And that huge trading base uh has access to new commission free type brokerage platforms like on Robinhood Financial. So they have a clear and inexpensive trading platform. Uh, to use, and let's throw in the Federal Reserve, who over the past year has, of course, uh, moved to zero short-term interest rates and provided a lot of liquidity in the markets, uh, further encouraging these, tr- these traders. And then the final piece of the puzzle, which I also talk about in the paper, is, is what I call the societal justification incentive, uh, which is that a lot of these younger investors in the Reddit Rebellion, uh, it, To them, it's about more than just financial gains or losses. They they have real disdain and contempt for hedge funds. They want to see them financially suffer because, in the opinion, in the opinions of a lot of these younger investors on social media, uh, and on the no commission trading platforms, real or perceived, fair or unfair, they believe the hedge funds are the big bad guys who have turned the system against everyone else. A lot of these Hmm. younger Investors strongly believe that they want to inflict financial pain and suffering on some of these hedge funds. I I mean, I'd really like to put it in nicer terms than that, but that really is playing a key role here. So,
0: And there's probably not a better way to inflict financial pain than through a massive
1: short squeeze. Exactly. I mean, I can't think of anything more painful than being on the other side of watching GameStop go from $60 to $400.00. In in three days, and knowing with each dollar it's moving higher, you're losing more money. Yeah,
0: yeah, ouch. Ouch is right. Yeah. Now, Tom, you also mentioned in your paper the perception that it's a, a David versus Goliath type thing. Um, the younger investors are David, and the hedge funds are Goliath, and David is beating Goliath in the submission here.
1: <laughs> yes, that's certainly uh, one of the narratives we're hearing a lot. But yeah. but I think it's not quite that simple. Uh, okay. Yes, the hedge funds that were short GameStop have really been hurt here. And for some of them, it could potentially be operationally fatal. Uh, but the story isn't ending here. There, there's another act to play out in my judgment. And in that regard, the other analogy we're hearing a good a bit of is, uh, you know, quote unquote, Hey, the hedge funds have been leaving the, the individual investors holding the bag for years. They make their money and move on. Individuals get stuck uh, after they've gotten out. I'm not saying that's necessarily a, a fair assessment overall. I'm just saying that's a, that's a common perception. And, okay. and so you're hearing that, you know, quote unquote, this time around, the younger investors flipped the tables and the hedge funds were left holding the bag. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. hearing that metaphor a lot uh, this past week. That, you know, quote unquote, the little guy has now finally fought back and left uh, the big guy holding the bag. Now, the problem with that declaration, so to speak, and I'm not necessarily agreeing with the first half of the premise that the hedge funds are always the big bad guys, but let's, let's put that aside for a minute. Uh, the problem with uh, the quote unquote little guy finally turned the tables and left the, uh, left the big bad guy holding the bag is that in, in doing that, the little guy has now created, in my opinion, two bags. One bag of the big hedge funds. We're holding and that has clearly already exploded. Mm-hmm. And the second bag, uh, that anyone who bought and still owns game stock and other stocks like it is now holding. And that one is exploding as we speak. Okay. So it, it's a lose lose scenario for both sides. It's not ending well for anyone involved in this high stakes cross generational soap opera. It's just not.
0: So, so what makes it. And or is this a new paradigm of investing here for good?
1: Well, all of this, in my opinion, has been brought about by a perfect storm. Hedge funds shorting too many shares of the same companies, the instantaneous organization of young investors on social media, the commission free trading platforms and low interest rates and the non-financial, non-financial incentives many of these younger investors have for squeezing short sellers. Mm-hmm. And the silver lining inside perfect storms is that the perfect conditions typically don't stick around forever. And in this case, I think uh, they could be de-perfecting themselves pretty quickly. How so? Well, of course, uh, this generation of young investors organizing on social media and trading on commission-free platforms aren't going anywhere. And the hedge funds, well, well some of them may see casualties, but at the end of the day as a group, I think they'll come out of this okay, but I think you could see a real change in how much hedge funds short individual stocks and how comfortable they'll be accumulating these huge short positions in stocks like GameStop. So the Reddit rebellion investor types may still have the cannons. But they won't necessarily have the ammunition. The ammunition Mm -hmm. came from the hedge funds and other short sellers. And I think in the future, they'll be very reluctant to give them that ammunition again, so to speak. And, And as for the younger investors and any others who bought GameStop and stocks like that over these past couple of weeks, when this is all over, they'll be nursing some serious financial losses also. And for a lot of them, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's an acceptable price they pay to see, quote-unquote, the big guys get hurt this first time around. But to keep losing money, well, that's not exactly a sustainable long-term trading model. Mm -hmm. So with these two cogs in the perfect storm wheels probably going away or at least substantially mitigating after the dust settles on this – one-way roller coaster for both sides here. I think it probably winds up being more of a hard lesson learned for both sides rather than a longer-term systemic issue.
0: So it's lose-lose for both sides. But what about for everyone else? How how does this disrupt the playing field for regular investors, both big and little, who are involved in any part of this?
1: Uh, great question, Patrick. And, and that's the big issue, in my opinion. Will this impact the broader markets on a long-term basis? Is there a systemic risk here, uh, to widespread investors because of everything that's happened? A- uh, and my answer is no, though we could see some short-term disruptions, uh, and some, you know, continued short-term volatility, uh, but it will not uh, be a longer-term systemic issue, uh, in my opinion, because of what we just talked about. Uh, okay. so potentially, there could be some short-term disruption coming from things like perhaps some of the large hedge funds selling a wider array of holdings unrelated to their short positions in order to compensate for losses, reduce portfolio leverage, short capital and or meet redemptions. Okay. Uh, you know, there could be some potential indirect, uh, short-selling loss exposure with large, uh, mainstream institutions such as pension funds, Fendous foundations, or endowments that may have allocated capital to some of these hedge funds. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's also, you know, going to be pending fallout effects for those millions of retail investors na- now owning, uh, GameStop and similar Reddit targeted stocks that could potentially revert all the way back to their pre short squeeze price levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then there, you know, there could be an overall loss of confidence among some traditional investors. That might, that market prices, you know, at times might not serve as true indicators of value for public companies. Uh, all of these factors, you know, could continue to pressure markets in the short term, but, but I think if so, they work themselves out in the longer term.
0: Okay. So quite a, quite a drama this has been.
1: Uh, yes, it has been. I I said at the beginning of the paper, there's an old saying that, you know, if you live, if you live long enough, uh, you see just about everything. And I think this falls into that category.
0: Okay. Now, Tom, before we go and, and putting all this GameStop trading in the Reddit rebellion in context, how are you feeling about the overall market environment one month into 2021? Because, because I believe you just written a piece about this too, right?
1: Uh, yes, that's right. And, and here, what I think is important is that, uh, we could see some downside volatility in the markets between now and the spring. Okay. But after that, we remain constructive and uh, optimistic. Uh, on the second half of 2021 but over these next few months uh we're going to see continuing uh COVID 19 cases rising unfortunately mm-hmm. uh vaccine distribution continues to to run behind uh original expectations although it looks like we'll have a third major entrance soon as johnson and johnson will be seeking approval this month for their new vaccine and so that 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 could be very helpful mm-hmm. um, and, and and we're uh we're still waiting on fiscal stimulus, which is working its way through passage in Congress, and we're kind of starting to run out of time in terms of this first quarter gathering any real economic momentum. So yeah. we could actually have flat or even slightly negative GDP growth in this first quarter, ending March thirty first. And given how far and how fast stocks and credit spreads have moved since the end of the first quarter last year, Uh well, that, in my opinion, could create some downside risk to the markets in the short term. I actually wouldn't be surprised to perhaps even see a full 10% correction in the major stock averages between now and the spring. But if that did happen, I think it would likely be a strong buying opportunity based on how we see the landscape in the second half of 2021. Which, in summary, is... Uh, Still consistent with what we said in our 2021 market outlook before the year started. Those being factors such as strong economic resurgence in the second half of the year, potentially returning aggregate GDP back to pre-virus levels as vaccines achieve wider national distribution. A similar type recovery for annual corporate earnings growth in the year, also potentially exceeding pre-COVID profit levels for underlying S&P 500 companies, mm-hmm. the eventual passage of fiscal economic stimulus from Congress and its implementation of the economy, continuing accommodative monetary policy from the Federal Reserve and reasonable to attractive valuations in the equity and credit markets based on the comparisons of stock earnings yields and bond coupon rates To these still very low long-term interest rates. So all considered, we're still maintaining our 2021 year-end price target of 4,200 on the S&P 500.
0: Well, Tom, we've covered a lot here today. Uh, Pardon the pun. Uh, We got GameStop. (laughs) We got the Reddit Rebellion. We got short squeezes. We got generational market warfare, uh, perfect storms. We got perfect storms losing their perfection. We got potential short-term market volatility between now and spring and we got long-term opportunities in the year ahead. Thanks for taking us through all of that, Tom.
1: Ah, Well, my my pleasure, Patrick, and nice to be here today.
2: Investments are subject to market risk, including the loss of principal. Asset classes or investment strategies described may not be suitable for all investors. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The information included in this podcast should not be construed as investment advice or a recommendation for the purchase or sale of any security. This material contains general information only on investment matters. It should not be considered as a comprehensive statement on any matter and should not be relied upon as such. The information does not take into account any investor's investment objectives, particular needs or financial situation. The value of any investment may fluctuate. This information has been developed by Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated and may incorporate third-party data, text, images and other content to be deemed reliable. Comments and general market-related projections are based on information available at the time of writing and believed to be accurate, are for informational purposes only, are not intended as individual or specific advice may not represent the opinions of the entire firm, and may not be relied upon for future investing. Investors are advised to consult with their investment professional about their specific financial needs and goals before making any investment decisions. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused substantial market disruption and dislocation around the world, including the US economies and financial markets throughout the world are increasingly interconnected. Economic, financial, or political events, trading and tariff arrangements, terrorism, technology and data interruptions, Natural disasters and other circumstances in one or more countries or regions could be highly disruptive to and have profound impacts on global economies or markets. Fixed income investing is subject to credit rate risk, interest rate risk, and inflation risk. Credit risk is the risk that the issuer of a bond won't meet their payments. Inflation risk is the risk that inflation could outpace a bond's interest income. Interest rate risk is the risk that fluctuations in interest rates will affect the price of a bond. Investing in floating rate loans may be subject to greater volatility and increased risk. Equities are subject to market risk, meaning that stock prices in general may decline over short or extended periods of time. Investments in global and or international markets involve risks not associated with U.S. markets, such as currency fluctuations, adverse social and political developments, and the relatively small size and lesser liquidity of some markets. These risks may be greater in emerging markets. Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. The funds advised and sponsored by Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated include Transamerica Funds, Transamerica Series Trust, and DeltaShares Exchange Traded Funds. Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Aegon NV, an international life insurance, pension, and asset management company. 251041.